Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey now, everybody, welcome to episode 389 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, sending you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the latest releases. Yes, Fast X, that movie that came out Memorial Day weekend that we're just catching up on. As well as, uh, what else do we see here? Hypnotic, the Ben Affleck, Robert Rodriguez film. One Ranger, Thomas Jane's collaboration with stuntman-turned-director Jesse V. Johnson and our thoughts on The Black Demon. This is that Josh Lucas film you may have seen. It was trending on Prime a while back. We're going to discuss that along with trailers for Aquaman, Thanksgiving, Wonka, and The Marvels. we got a packed show, but as we always do, we're going to start it off with a little bit of trivia. Trevor's already got it queued up. He's ready to roll. He's ready to throw these darts right at me. Let's see if I can dodge them <laughs> like Neo's uh, dodging bullets in the Matrix. What do you got? All right, we got uh, Dustin Hoffman plays the character Ratso in Midnight Cowboy. What is Ratso's real name? Rocco, Salvatore, Philly, or Enrico? I want to say it's Enrico because I remember hearing it and when we saw this. I've only seen this movie a few times. I remember thinking yeah, that didn't fit remember. the character. I'm going to go with I that. I have no idea. Well, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I only remember that because I remember thinking how out of place uh, Hoffman seemed as an Enrico, even though he's uh-huh. much lauded for that performance. Speaking of, did you know that they were doing uh, Rain Man 35th anniversary re-release this week in the theaters? I swear to God, I almost thought you were going to say they're doing a sequel. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> Rain Man. This time everyone gets wet. Um no, I didn't know they were releasing it. I don't think I would go see that movie in the theater anyways. Uh, I love that film, but I don't think I rewatched it in quite some time. And uh, I, I don't know if I could sit through it. I don't think it. it requires a theater. Yeah, I don't think, you, I think you're right. I'd probably be better off actually watching that at home. Get your snacks out, get nice and cozy. That, that's one of those types of movies. That was a big VHS rental type movie, and it played beautifully Huge, yeah. on the small screen. I've only seen it on the small screen, obviously. Um, but I do recall it being uh, just, it was a destina- or a date type type movie for my parents and their friends and things like that when, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I caught up with it on HBO and screenings like that. I don't even think I've ever seen it in widescreen, even though I own the DVD. I don't think I've ever opened it. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you the next one that queued up here because this is uh, really hard. Go ahead. Which of these filmmakers directed the record-breaking blockbuster Titanic? Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wrong. Oh man. Oh, it's James Cameron. Who knew? Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think that guy's got that's a career those, in front of him. Yeah, it's one of these questions in this book just to, just to make you feel good, you know. I mean, some of these questions in the book are so hard that it defies logic, and others are so easy that you're thinking that hey, it's a bingo parlor, and these are the kind of questions it's yeah, asking. Yeah, I don't. They got all kinds of people to make these questions up, I guess. <laughs> you got another one in there? Let's do. Uh, let's do one more. I'm feeling good. Sure. All right. What is Ingrid Bergman's relation to director Ingmar Bergman? We got niece, daughter, no relation, stepdaughter. Um, I think there's no relation. I know, right? But it, this is... Look, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I feel me like for a we, moment. I was almost like, oh no. I feel like we <laughs> learned that in a film theory class, and it was like a joke. Did we? I, I want to say, I remember a corny joke, a professor. This is what I do. I don't actually remember knowledge. I remember things that happened that <laughs> it's like not, sure, I don't memorize sure. the knowledge. I remember it written yeah. on a chalkboard. So it's, uh, I, I want to say one of our corny teachers made a joke about that and it stuck with me. I'm going to take that as a 3 um, Oh, uh, look, we, we got on it. A we, we did it today. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I feel validated and... Um, really good. Uh, that Titanic one we got wrong, though, so to be fair, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're one and two, you know. Yeah, I'll try better next time. It's rough. Yeah. Let's talk about the stuff that we've seen, and the biggest movie on the menu for tonight is probably Fast X and that it reached the most amount of people. This was, well, not as big as a hit here in the States as they had hoped for. Globally, it was a massive hit, outgrossing such franchise, uh, massive fare as Spider-Man, Mission Impossible, Indiana Jones, all these other franchises that came out sans maybe Guardians of the Galaxy and, and Barbie, obviously. But it performed admirably, and mm-hmm. I was really, I waited to see this on Peacock. I was not rushing to see this. I have to admit, the last Fast and Furious F9 really surprised me how playful it was and uh, how much I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. So I don't know why I was so hesitant to see Fast X. Having said that, this is a movie that the first act is so badly constructed I felt are you tell uh, yes I could not understand thank you I hated this where movie. this I hated was the first going bit of this movie yeah and that first action sequence actually the big action sequence in this not the opening you know not the the the, the, the retread the Paul Walker stuff yeah what do you call that retconning you know not, not not that part of it well let me briefly um, s- although this movie is super interesting oh you go ahead and set it up uh, yeah. Joaquin Almeida though looks awful mm-hmm. in that de-aging they do for him as Jason Momoa's father. They're clearly de- de-aging an actor. I don't even know if it's him. That looks awful. Hmm. It's the worst I've seen in a long time. Um, but I, I just want to say I was not with this movie and I was was kind of looking at it like it was an absolute mess. And then this mm-hmm. bizarre thing happened where uh-huh. I started watching what Jason Momoa was doing I started realizing that Vin Diesel was uh-huh. a bit relaxed in his performance in this. He wasn't so uh-huh. over the top. And I started having fun. When John Cena put on Wh- Marky Mark's music and said, this guy used to be an <laughs> underwear model with this goofy grin, I thought, we're achieving something here that none of the other blockbusters I saw this summer did. That was create a level yeah. of fun and humor. And I got into this. And by the time it was over, I actually am looking forward, God yes. help me, to Fast 11. Yes. How is this possible? For for me, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my rundown of this because I hated this movie and in the start of this, I thought, oh my god, this stupid retcon bullshit thing is gonna wind up being his fucking long lost cousin, right? And at the end, they're all gonna be friends and shit. Um, and so it starts, and then you get the um, the bomb scene where they're running around doing this, and Momo is just acting like an idiot the whole time. Like I don't understand. He's like orchestra doing the orchestra, running around. He's like. Uh, it's just ridiculous and it's a stupid opening nonsense scene and uh and then the movie calms down for a bit and um the part that really got me though is when i realized <laughs> that like momo is like inserted into the movie right i mean literally at the beginning they retcon him into the fucking movie yeah, he's it's, inserted in it's his story and he he 
acts like, but he acts like someone who's been inserted into the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. Like this, this turned no, bro. This is fucking Expendables three shit. This is some meta fucking crazy shit here, right? When they go to Rio and and like it's it's gonna be old school like Fast and Furious. They're gonna race and shit. And uh, Dom shows up there and he's like, oh, you know, I'm doing my shit. He's meeting his his dudes and all the shit. And then in walks fucking Dante in his fucking purple getup. Yep, just as gay as can be just like hey what the, i Dante can't remember Shante. what he said buddy <laughs> dante shante oh my god it, i fucking died laughing i was like oh my god this dude this dude is like fucking knows he's inserted into a movie like this this guy's playing like big time you know and obviously that's not what's in the movie he's just playing because he doesn't give a shit anymore but it feels like the writers almost feel like they know that this it's fast x they've gone this far and it's fucking ridiculous right and this guy Throughout this whole movie, Dante, you know, isn't just two steps ahead of Dom. Dante's read the fucking script. Like, he understands the fucking Fast and Furious, right? He understands what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. And he acts like that. He acts like he's untouchable because he already fucking knows. He's ahead of everything. He's gamed the movie Um, almost. I love... Oh, are you kidding me? Because he retcons the fucking retcon. (laughs) But that's the twist of the end of this fucking movie, bro. Like, it's I, boom, like my mind fucking blew. And it, not only that, but this is fun. Uh, I liked the sequences that didn't have them in it. That were just the secondary characters, their group going through uh, London and trying to figure everything out. I fucking liked that. I thought though they actually were somewhat fleshed out characters who got to do things and say things and react to each other. Um, and, and, of course, they were used by Dante whenever, you know, they could be. Whenever they... They came together and stuff. And like you say, the fucking John Cena stuff just made me want to see John Cena in a, in a leading role again in an action movie because, God, he's badass when he shows up in that movie. And funny and, and uh, charming and amusing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it, I loved this movie. Like you, I agree. Like by the time I got to the end of this fucking movie, I was like, Dude, bro, when the, when they release the fucking next one of these, I'm buying the set in 4K because I fucking want to watch these movies. <laughs> I think I had told you that I've been going back and revisiting the series steadily throughout the summer. I watched Fast 9 again about a month ago, so I had a just amount of time to get used to this one. And in, in doing so, you see how the fractured nature and how hard everybody has worked to really make these into a cohesive experience as much as possible. Watching this yeah. was the first time I actually felt in a long time, maybe since going back to Fast and Furious 7, where I, I actually liked the villain. I didn't give a shit much about Cypher. I didn't. I did. You know, I, no, I thought the Cypher-Letty stuff, though, worked as well. This, like as, but, a, as a little reprieve and like, a, yeah, right, from before. But sure. as the villain from the last one, I didn't particularly care for John Cena as the villain because I like him so much and I thought he was kind of low-key as the mm. villain. Whereas Momoa is either doing a Joker impersonation here. He's almost doing like a... Thank you. Like he's bringing he the Joker into this. And when he is on the bridge... It's that same mentality. And yeah. he's saying, you know, I'm a Swan Lake guy. You look like you're into the Nutcracker. I mean, that shit was making <laughs> me laugh. And then when he throws his tooth at him and calls him a butthole... I mean, what the fuck is happening here? It's who let this man go off unhinged in this movie? It's perfect. It absolutely is. is, This was a fantastic movie. This, like I say, this brought me back to like the Expendables three, where what's going on in this movie is the movie's realizing it's a movie, and the characters in the movie realizing they're in a movie, but they they they're not because. That wouldn't make any sense at all. That's not what the movie is, but it just, it feels like it has that kind of mentality to it, you know? And, and I don't know, it just adds like a layer of absolute fun. Like it just, it gives you this freedom, you know, to actually watch people do ridiculous things. 
Um, because it's not serious on any level. And I like that you say the Joker too, because that's what I thought too. I thought this dude's the Joker. This is when you fuck around and you find out, right? You do all this shit. This is the kind of thing that comes back at you. It's the same. It's the same thing as Batman had, right? It's the same reason the Joker showed up. Also, joy of performance. It really is a joy to watch this guy do it. Yeah. And ironically enough, when there is that uh, you know, spoiler alert, the end credit sequence after the the deal. The movie ends. They have Dwayne Johnson reappearing. Right. I realized we didn't need him. He wasn't missed here on any level at all. But you have a second movie to do, so I, I think that might. I mean, I'm intrigued to be honest with you. That that adds something to the second movie. I even thought the addition of Brie Larson, which I wasn't particularly looking forward to, was handled nicely here. I thought that her. Well, she's unnecessary. Absolutely, but, but so is she's in here. So, so is Alan Richardson, but he fits in nicely with the <laughs> the brooding, brooding uh, you know, the yeah. bulging superhero type. Look, cause these guys have become superheroes, but once again, I want to just point out uh, the, the low key, pulled back nature of what Vin Diesel was doing here, who has been going over the top in a lot. Well, of he was these. getting shit on the whole movie. He was getting beat down. Like that's why I also like this movie, right? Because weren't you with Dom the whole time? Like this guy's unfucking stoppable. He can't make a correct move. Like he can't fucking win. This is like, um, uh, you know, this is like leading up to the snap and fucking Marvel shit where they can't fucking win. Right. The, the, like this is their, their Van Damming, right? They're they're getting this. He's, he's fucking can't do it though. So the next movie is where he's going to fucking, uh, come out swinging. And I can't wait to see what Momoa does in the next movie. If they let him ramp it up even further, or if it becomes tired, but I could, I felt like I could watch him do what he was doing here for, the rest of the day. I mean, honestly, I, mm-hmm. I, I will rewatch this, which yeah. is a crazy thing for me to, if I, you had told me at the beginning of the summer, you know, at Memorial day that you're at the end of the summer, you are going to have enjoyed fast X over. <sighs> I, I wish I saw this in mission theaters. impossible and, and this and that would have been like, you're out of your fucking yeah. mind, but it's true. This was, I don't know if this is the best movie of the year. Actually, I know that it's not because Oppenheimer's really fucking good, but this is the funnest movie of the year that I've seen, period. Actually, in a couple years. This is just absolute um, wall-to-wall fun. And if I had understood what was happening in the first half of the, uh, the first, of, you know, opening 15 minutes or so of this 20 minutes, I don't know how long, that's 20 long minutes. Acting. But if I had understood what was going on, uh, I would have liked it. I would have liked it even more, you know, because again, the opening was more like uh, the latter half of the Fast and Furious movies, where much like the direct opening where they pull the bank and and do all that shit. That was what the the opening sequence to this movie was, where they try to stop the bomb. They're, I don't know what the fuck. I don't even know how they figured that out (laughs) to show up there and do all that shit. Obviously, they were led by Dante, but. Whatever. My my point is that <laughs> it's kind of a fucking brilliant movie. It's it's dumb fun and it shouldn't be this good on level on, on number ten, but somehow they have re energized, not to be punny, but they have re energized the, the whole series here. One of the few times that it, it's it feels like splitting up a movie made sense. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it was an arbitrary decision. It actually I didn't mind the cliffhanger no. element. I totally understand. Like I, you know, lots of people are like, "Oh, I'm so excited for Dune 2. And I thought, "Really?" Cuz I feel like I don't even need to see it. I've already I know what happens. I'm I'm good. Um but I get I, I understand that excitement right now. <laughs> Not to beat a dead horse. But I'm in their seats. Once again, out of the two handers that I saw this summer, which is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and Fast X, mm-hmm. 
even though the story may have been more completed in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, I am more excited to see the next Fast and Furious movie, which I cannot believe I am saying, but I am saying so. But what does that mean? I think that that's a that means a good thing for Fast X two, <laughs> but kind of a bad thing for the next Mission Impossible. Absolutely, I think they're in serious trouble with where that goes, and they really need to to parse it down. Even though this ran for two twenty, and they could have trimmed it down, that opening sequence with Rita Moreno as the great grandmother was relatively unnecessary. And there was a lot of remembers, you know, in this movie with the callbacks and even just be opening up at Dodger Stadium in the parking lot. But it didn't bother me as much as it has in previous installments of this and even in other Mm -hmm. franchises. It it all somehow worked out once they got past that Rome sequence, which even though is not handled great, it's better than the Rome sequence in, once again, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And that's why I keep (laughs) thinking about the two as well but i'm excited to see the next one i can't i can't believe i said i will watch this again which i haven't said about a fast and furious movie since part one i probably will right before the 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 next one comes out and i'm gonna see that next one in theater uh because i'm not missing this again yeah i can't believe i didn't Uh, see this one in theaters for sure it'll be terrible (laughs) (laughs) well they're on a run now nine and ten have been good uh, honestly better than the hobbs and shaw movie which i didn't hate but it, it wasn't this fun yeah, the Hobbs and Shaw movie felt pointless. It felt manufactured. To be honest with it you. It wasn't this yeah. level of fun. Mm-mm. All right, let's move on and talk about uh, the latest from Robert Rodriguez, that struggling filmmaker favorite of yours. I mean, this was somebody who you really admired when we were uh, in our younger filmmaking days. You still have your mm-hmm. level of admiration for Rodriguez after all this time? Do you still love his mm-hmm. early work? Yeah, I, f- I figured. Him and Luke Besson, I always kind of associate with I like what he does you. now. I mean, well, we just talk about Predators. Um, he's got his own studio, does his own thing. Uh, I mean, what's not to like about that? I do like that he's got the double R productions now. I guess Troublemaker Studios is gone, and he's got double R. I saw at the beginning of this film, Hypnotic, that has recently been released once again to Peacock after a very limited and short theatrical run that didn't garner much attention. Ben Affleck in the starring role in this thriller that seems about a decade and a half too late in my opinion you said in a previous podcast that predators was written on the set of desperado back in 1995 and i wouldn't be surprised if you told me that about this script because it feels very much like leftovers um it's not necessarily a half-baked idea i just feel like it's not a very compelling idea once you get past the setup i did think that there were moments that were effective i think that um robert Rodriguez is can still direct scenes and he there's a b-movie exuberance to this that i i kind of appreciate uh and i think affleck invests the character he's dealing with with a lot but the kid the, looking for the kidnapped child and some of the just the histor- histrionics of the hypnotizing people and the William Fichter character running around with this fucking lighter. It just, well, there's straight up. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, no Christopher Nolan stolen special effects and scenes and score. There's even like that goes along something with from it. fallen, like the Denzel Washington um, movie or shocker, the Wes Craven movie. I felt bit, like something I, was, I mean, this movie, the problem with this movie is that it's the whole setup is, uh, well, how do you say it without giving it away, right? I, I mean, th- this the payoff to this movie is is just fucking dumb. It's not worth there. the. You know, it's the only thing I could say. Yeah, you go through all this stuff just to learn that, yeah, uh, you, you, you know, what you see isn't what you think you see. 
And it's like, okay, well, what do I see? And then they tell you, and it's kind of like, eh, all right, well, let's, let's hurry this along. I get it. And it's you know? the cards are it stacked against you from the front because they're never giving you enough information where you could put that together on your own. Exactly. Well, right. But that's what I mean. Uh, so you watch the movie's interesting at first. Uh, at least I thought it was uh, the, the, you know, the original premise of the yeah. movie as it presents itself is interesting. I would have watched that movie, but that's not the movie you're watching. You know, I mean, honestly, I, for as bad as like paycheck was, at least it was the movie. It was this movie wants to be something more and it just, just doesn't happen. I also think it shows its hand a little early and I lost interest after it did. Um, I think they could have held the cards mm. back a little longer than than they did, but um, I, I, I mean it's hard. Well, there's a there's a double there's a double twist, right? right. There's a twist, and then there's another twist in the end. Which <laughs> we, we we start getting which is in, even stupider. Yeah, we yeah. start getting into this territory. I feel like we're getting into Joe Esterhaus territory, you know, where it's just a twist upon a twist upon a twist, just to um, make it. For what you know right. to, to to get the the structure correct of, of the whole thing, but who's 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 hypnoticing who? <laughs> find out. Watch hypnotic and find out. I do think Rodriguez still can put scenes together, individual scenes that are very compelling. I think that um, watching him, I guess, seeing some of the limitations and sets that did look looked a little cheesy or some lighting that was a little bit over dramatic and stuff. I, I kind of liked that about this. It was kind of supposed to be. Yeah, though. exactly. It was, it was stylized. Not to give anything away, but it kind of, that's half the point of it. I don't know. This isn't his best directing work. It's really not his best work, period. I'd like to see him go back to basics, you know, and just, just make a basic movie again, but I don't think he's going to do that. I'd like to see him make something outside again. Um, like a desperado. Sure. Like, let's get on some like <laughs> yeah, real exactly. locations. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, just make a real movie. Yeah, get, let's get away from the green screens. Yeah. Let's 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 get some actual tactile um, sets where you know, like you know, even a desperado or a once upon a time look back. You know, anything like that. So I would love to see him complete that trilogy, but I don't think he would at this point. Though he is very prolific. I think we're getting another Spy Kids movie out of him as well. So. Good for him for maintaining the course. And I just don't watch those. Um, yeah, especially without Alba. What's the point? Yeah, well, even I mean, Antonio Banderas added so much to those early ones. It was a lot of fun. Sure. You know, he was. You had Stallone. Yeah, Stallone. You can't forget about Stallone and Carla Gog- Carla Gogano as the wife was good no. too. Um, but. I don't know. I just felt like this was one of those blockbuster exclusive DVDs you would have seen back in the day, like something Rennie Harlan would have directed back in 2007, or this should have starred Richard Gere, you know? Yeah. And this would have been a Sony movie in the mid-2000s. Like I say, this is very paycheck-y. Like, I don't know, Ben Affleck... I don't know. His choice is a movie sometimes. Uh. As I watched it, I started thinking, Affleck's such a talented director himself and writer. What could he have possibly attracted him to this material? Why didn't he take a stab at rewriting it? You know, like, you wonder, is he just picking up a paycheck here? It's it's odd. Um, But I think a missed opportunity for all involved and really a forgettable little psycho thriller. Okay, let's move on. And let's talk about The Black Demon. This is... The supernatural shark film that was directed by Adrian Grunenberg. I can't remember this guy's name right. This is Grunenberg. This is the guy who did Rambo Last Blood, Get the Gringo, uh, a selection of other films. And this is now his third film, including those, that takes place really south of the border. And he 
has a very nice shooting style. His movies are always framed very nicely. They're very professionally done and classically done. And at every chance, I wanted to like this movie. I liked the setup with the divers. And then when you meet the family, which Josh Lucas stars as the father of this uh, Nixon oil, who's going to go out and decommission this mm-hmm. oil rig in, in South America. And this local megalodon, I guess. I mean, what is it? It's just, it, it's a local. It's a megalodon. Yeah, but it's a local like spirit too. It's kind of a, uh, like a Bigfoot of the sea or whatever you call Loch Ness type supernatural aspect to it too, right? Because it needs to be summoned and all this bullshit. Uh, Did you not pick up on this? I don't think that that was, well, was right. There's, so there's a, a religion versus science thing that happens in this movie. Um, I didn't pay very close attention to all that because I thought it sounded like shit. <laughs> and quite honestly, the Megalodon, the, the special effects in this are it's horrendous. And it is hard to watch. It, it's so unengaging. Um, there's only so many times I can watch Josh Lucas and these guys on a catwalk, you know, talking about bullshit to fill the space, you know. And it, what it is is a lot of, uh, arg- not, not moralizing, but kind of uh, debating this environmental topic. And maybe that yeah. seemed good on paper, but as it plays, it's this thing becomes deadly dull. I, I thought yeah. it was for a, a during feature, shark attack, like in between, like like there's a shark attack about to happen. It should, it should be suspenseful, and they're like having some argument about like, do you believe in this or do you believe in that, or are you going to, you know, who are you? Are you gonna? Are you, are you here to? Uh, stop us or are you actually here to clean things up and josh lucas is like i didn't know anything i don't know what's going on you know you just i don't know it's a very i'm I'm bored i know it's a very confused movie and it's got a great poster it's got a great title Uh, i knew we might have been a little trouble in that opening shot when the the black demon of the title is coming out of the water to attack the guy in the boat and it's a shot from inside the jaws and it looks like Somebody is swimming up with a camera and a set of teeth with the camera. But it looks, it's a terrible effect. <laughs> it looks like something you'd see in a film school production, to be honest with you. And I thought, okay, maybe this is going to be a fun little B movie. But then it got so heavy handed with its themes and the dialogue. Yeah. And it just was not in keeping with what the creature feature it, uh, ethos is, really. And it felt like a sci-fi movie back in the day, like and not the not a good one, know, not, not an eight p.m. one. It felt like the one that comes on at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. But even those have a sense of fun. This had no sense of humor to it. It was yeah, deadly some of those serious. <laughs> I mean, some of those are just as bad as this. So uh, I don't know. Did, didn't you think it took itself way too seriously, though? Every character was way too self-important. The story itself was not as interesting as I think that the writers thought it was but it was shot nicely i mean there's some some beautiful location photography yeah well most of it doesn't make any sense right they go down to the diving bell for what x i don't really understand it they they go they're trying to bomb the fucking place i don't get the fucking movie and the shark seems arbitrary impotent. it seems like it's an it, arbitrary it just, aspect it's unable to, the story. to do it it's and the sizing of the shark makes doesn't the scales it, it doesn't off say the correct scale yeah. it's like the old godzilla <laughs> it's, small, it's big problem. it's here it's that i don't yeah figure it the fuck out you know and it can't get you if you're on, if you're literally on the water level but you're on 
the the platform, it can't get you. But if you're just in the water, it can get you. It makes no sense. It's a fucking huge. It would just eat you right off the fucking side of the thing. I think there's no railing. It's just you standing there. I, the producers were hoping that you were going to pay so much attention to the debating that was going on in the dialogue between the characters that you weren't going to pay attention to the fact that this thing is omnipresent can move is is apparently clairvoyant and knows where they're going to be before they know they're going to be um i don't know i mean it's halfway interesting that he shows up to the place and they're like trying to uh keep it subdued or keep it there you know they're they're not really dealing with the rig anymore they're they're beyond that and those guys are there just to uh to kind of deal with the shark at this point or with the as you say you know with the spirit or whatever the hell it is um, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Why is it, all these guys just wouldn't drive out there is weird too. Well, they fumble the fact I'm that s- it has the supernatural <laughs> element because th- that is, isn't played up as nearly as much as it should be for how dangerous this thing's supposed to be. And I thought the best scene in the mm-hmm. whole movie was in the beginning when the wife, when he first gets to town and the wife basically gives the guy money to show them where a restaurant is and calms this whole scene down i thought that was a really nicely done scene but this movie once again is lacking a sense of playfulness that something like deep blue sea lake placid i don't understand why this is so heavy-handed this whole exercise is way too serious it's so weird i'm watching the behind the scenes as we're talking right now and so many of these sets are uh, are on a blue screen it's kind of nuts I wouldn't have known that, so, well, that's good that they... Neither would I, so it's kind of crazy. <laughs> well, I, I, I did say that Grenenberg, him and his, his cinematographers typically put a good-looking product on the screen. Rambo, uh, Get the Gringo, and even the opening sequences of this with those sun-drenched lights and this, corridors. This movie looks cheap, though. I mean, it sh- looks like it's sh- like it's framed cheap. It, it doesn't look like someone who really knows what they're doing made this movie. I don't know. I thought it, I thought at least it looked competently made. I just didn't think that. Other than the effects, I disagree. I don't. I don't even think the framing is very good through a lot of it. It 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 feels very made for TV. I mean, the visual effects. Yeah, the shark visual effects are terrible. But not only that, it's not just that the visual effects are bad. It's planned poorly. It's not mounted well. You know, the sequences are like I say. It's a joke because they just they're they're in the water. The next minute they're out of the water and they're safe. It, I don't. Like, that's the whole planning that's gone into this, you know? It's hard to make a good no shark sense. movie. Let's be honest. There's, it's been a long time. The Meg is a big budget version of these. I don't think it's these, that but hard. I, it's been a while since I saw a good one. I think the last one I saw was The Shallows that I, I liked. Well, that's a great movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> um, but there you go. I mean, I don't. it's not that hard to make a shark movie. That's, not, that's literally a person and a shark. Um, I don't think shark movies are that hard to make. I, I think that even if you, if you just want to make a fun one, that all the Sharknado movies are enjoyable. They are. Enough. They're fun. I'm a big fan. So uh, so I don't know. You can go either way with it. This one's just, as you say, heavy-handed. But not only that, it fails outside of that. It just fails in the shark department. Like I'm specifically want, It's called The Black Demon. It's a big shark on it. It's a Megalodon thing. Uh, you know, that's what I want to see, and that's not what I see when I watch this movie. It's in maybe like 20... 15 20% of the movie and it's not like jaws where it's it's worthwhile scenes outside of just the shark you know I would recommend for something a little bit funner crawl the alligator film from a couple years back yeah I mean that one's better right. than this and uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that either but yeah. did you ever see bait 
I, mean, I just wouldn't recommend this one. Which Bait, one? that Australian film. I yeah. like that one. The Great White Gets Trapped that one's in not the bad. Flooded Supermarket with the People. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one as well. That one's better than this. Yeah, I think both of those are better experiences than uh, The Black Demon, which, for my money, was just too talky and uh, too heavy-handed of a script to go along with what I thought they were trying to create a creature feature should be and what they're trying to accomplish with that. Yeah. Check Tremors for a better idea of what this could have been, in my opinion, or Eight-Legged <laughs> Freaks, something like that. That's what I was expecting. Okay, let's talk about One Ranger, the Thomas Jane film with Jesse V. Johnson. I told you to watch this. I'm really curious about your take on it before I get into mine. So let me know what you thought, and then I'll give you my take. Uh, well, overall, I liked the movie, um, but it's, it's very much a geezer pleaser. It feels like a uh, you know mid 2000s Sony movie, straight to video, straight to DVD. I should say at that time. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's kind of just, um, it's just a straight action movie, but he's kind of uh, investigating, not really, but he's kind of investigating, going along. So could have been a uh, Tom Selleck movie, could have been, um, Tom Berenger movie, (laughs) Tom Berenger. The one thing I'll give this over that is this has really pretty good fight scenes for something like this, uh, which you wouldn't find normally in a movie like this. Uh, but you know, hand to hand and like uh, kind of dangerous and uh, stuff like that. So that was exciting, and all the parts in between are kind of you know run of the mill stuff. So I liked it. I thought it was good. It's not great, um, but I don't know. I like movies like this. I like movies where people go on um, investigations, and he's a pretty tough uh, character in this, uh, which is uh, I always think an interesting for a ranger, you know, guy to go out there, not really messing around, just doing his thing. I don't know. Sorry, it was good. Yeah, I thought this was a, like a spiritual cousin to Extreme Prejudice because I thought that he was doing Thomas Jane, that is a Nick Nolte impersonation with that gravelly voice. And I mean, you close your eyes, you damn near oh, see the Nicholas. Inflection yeah, is yeah for real. Like that's exactly what he's doing. I don't know. I'm sure if you found special features on this somewhere, I, someone's got to ask or someone's got to say. But it is, it's exact. Like the inflections to the voice it's not just gravelly like like the way that it has upticks sometimes because uh, Nick Nolte speaks oddly he has like not as bad as Christopher Walken but he has a weird tempo it's a and like it's very odd up yeah and he'll like go up at the end of synthesis sometimes ah, it's weird but he he does that in this so there's no way He's not doing a Nick Nolte. I mean, not only was the voice, I thought, an homage. There's a sequence where he's in his tidy whities and he kind of sitting on the edge of his bed and he's all crumpled and he's kind of unfucking himself and getting stretched. And that's North Dallas 40, the very beginning with Nick Nolte as the football player. And I thought, there's these Nick Nolte homages all through this movie. <laughs> but getting past that, this character is also in the Clint Eastwood tradition where he's a gruff, no-nonsense you know, he's got a line right. in there, you talk more than my ex-wife. I and mean, there's a lot of that kind of ultra macho shit in here. And I liked the character. I thought it was hilarious when he's got the the rifle and he's shooting people down at a mile, mile and a half, you know. He's like quickly yeah, down under over there with that fucking rifle, great. man. And I, I did like the way he treated his prisoner. I thought they, they were going to be buddies and team up on something. Nope, he, you know, he's a man of the law and that's what he's going to do. Where the movie gets a little sidetracked, where the majority of it takes place, is in London, where he's the fish out of water, 
and that becomes a little bit more uh, in terms of story, I guess, straightforward and run of the mill. But you mentioned the fight scenes, and this was directed by Jesse V. Johnson, who's a former stuntman. And the fight scenes here, just like in his other work with Scott Atkins, like Avengement, is really good. And the brutality of it uh, punctuates the well, yeah, movie. And the danger, right? Like this guy has to go through a lot of shit to, to beat some of these uh, people in these fight sequences. Like this dude almost dies. Like almost every time he runs into these guys, right. he gets, he's not a hero who comes out unscathed. I mean, he is bruised and beaten uh, quite a bit in this movie. And Thomas and the eye popping. Come oh, on. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but then again, avengement was very brutal too. Um, if you ever saw that, did you ever see that mm-hmm. one with Scott Atkins where he was the British prisoner? He got out and he holds up the, the pub. Yeah. yeah. That had a mm-hmm. lot of brutal uh, sequences in it. That stretched the R rating, but to me, this was like a Canon Films release that would have slipped out in 1988. Really, I thought more like you don't think more Sony mid 2000s, like the Geezer Pleaser era of that, with with like Cuba and Wesley Snipes yeah, and uh, Steven yeah, Seagal. No. Like, doesn't this fit more into that? I was thinking more of like something that would have had a short run in theaters and then done very well on video. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about that either. I know that's why this movie's weird to me because it has those really great fight sequences. He's obviously acting his ass off. Um, but the but the overall the feeling of this is just feels like this is for you know old uh, guys fifty five plus. Oh yeah, no. this is definitely for uh, guys of a certain era. Just even knowing who Thomas Jane is, I mean he's aged quite a bit from his Punisher days, but he's still an interesting screen presence. And I've seen a couple B movies that he's done over the years where he was not very good in it. If I'm being honest, like Drive Hard. I don't know if you ever saw that with John Cusack. I don't know what he what choices he was making in that, I'm but not sure if I, saw that. I, I don't know if there was a part mm-hmm. of the script where he was supposed to have taken a head injury, but he he plays that so bizarrely <laughs> that I, I I watch it. He's trying to be Nicolas Cage, maybe. Huh? Yeah, but at least Nicolas Cage has like there's a reason his character does that. There's a backstory, or you can kind of. I, in, Thomas Jane was really phone. No, there's not. It's just yeah, weird. That's true. That's true <laughs> as well. Um, and anyways, I, I just wasn't a fan of what he was doing in a couple of those other movies. Were in this though, I was the second hmm. he came on screen and I saw what he was doing while it might have been a derivative of Nolte it still was captivating to me and it was enough to carry it along it's interesting at least yeah. it's a strong character that carries you along it didn't and it, it didn't bother me one bit that he sounded like Nick Nolte only I mean sometimes he slips out of it yeah I noticed that on a, every <laughs> couple honest, words yeah. here and there yeah mm-hmm. um um, but it's good. I mean, he's playing a, a, like a gruff character, so it kind of works. Yeah, I, I think that they could set this up for possible other installments as well. I would watch other installments, but they've got to uh, either make it more interesting on the investigative side of it or move it along faster. More action. Somehow. Yeah, it did get a little dull uh, in the mid in the middle act, I would say, uh, when he's in the London and he's going through the the various... Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that stuff, but at least make it interesting. It felt like he was just, it felt like they were just going through knocking down the dominoes, you know, like, we're going to go here. Oh, then these guys show up. Then we got to go here and do that. And then there's a fight sequence. You're like, that's cool. And then, oh, we got to go over here. And then we're going to do, I was like, all right, well, at least make that interesting. The debt collectors had that issue, but those were interesting sequences as well. Uh, Those little vignettes. More action, I would say. So, yeah. yeah. But still, I, I recommend. Do that a little bit. Better, I, I, I give it a modest recommendation. It's available on Tubi for free right now. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're available, or if you watch the streaming service, it's available on the recommended page. So give it a shot. Hey, it's free. Tubi's free, man. Watch Seventy-four it. million people apparently are. That's that's unbelievable statistic. And even though we're done talking about the new releases, we'll talk about the trailers in a second. I wanted to talk to you about what's playing in theaters. 
Have you looked recently at what is available at your local cinema? Have you seen the lineup? Not one damn bit. Okay. This is <laughs> Barbie. Bizarre. Yeah, right? Barbie, Oppenheimer, and all that. Well, Barbie. we know the strike has caused uh, a bit of a product delay. In, in Expendables this w- weekend. Which I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to. But I want to let you know of some things that are playing around me. This is why I can't figure out what to go to see. So I go look and I see Haunting in Venice, which is standard. <laughs> and the other title is Big Fat Greek Wedding. I'm used to seeing sure. that. What the fuck is Mark Antony? I take it that must be some sort of... Uh, is that I, new? I, I Mark think it's Anthony a. I don't know. One? I think it's a, a Bollywood film. Isn't? Oh, interesting. I mean, I thought there was. A, isn't there an old Mark Antony movie? Probably. That's, um, that's like. Uh, next we got. I mean, Mark Antony's obviously a historical figure. Next we got Jawan, which is another Bollywood film. So, uh, all right. Then you got Bottoms, which is the uh, independent uh, film, and I don't mind a good independent comedy, so I don't, right. I don't mind that. That's that's fine. Uh, and then, which was the most intriguing to me, which I almost pulled the trigger on going today, is the retirement plan, the Nicolas Cage film. Yeah, what? yeah. There's an Ashley Green, Nicolas F- Cage film playing at the cinema down the street. Yeah, I know. I've seen the trailers for it, and I wanted to yeah. kind of see that, but I didn't think that was coming out. It's in got theaters. five five screenings a day down the street from me. Um, also, something called The Inventor. What the fuck is the adventure? Mm. A children's film? Like, what is... It's an animated film of some sort. Then we got Bahui Bariyan, which must be another Bollywood film. Bahui Bariyan? I mean, it's... I'm I'm trying to go to the movies. All right, next. Camp Hideout. What the fuck is... I got one that beats you. What, Satanic Hispanics? I'm looking at it right now. No. I got Route 60, the biblical That's, highway. I, I see it here. Yeah. I, that today is playing <laughs> at 6.30 and 7. Uh, Jawan? Yeah. That's, what I, I, that's another Bollywood <laughs> film. Then we got The Hill, um, the Dennis Quaid one. And then we got Golda. Uh-huh. I don't even know what the fuck Golda that's is. That's really I have. What is Golda? Golda? It's a Helen Mirren film. Oh, thank yeah, God. Yeah, this looks captivating. No, none of that's really playing around me, man. So that's just, you're in a, in a special area. Yeah. I just have regular movies. Lucky you. <laughs> I don't know if it's lucky. I don't want to see any of these. Well, I, I'm trying to go see something here. I'm Equalizer 3, I might want to see. We didn't go see, I mean, Gran Turismo, uh, Equalizer 3. I didn't see either of those. Those, those would be decent enough to go see. Let's no, instead I went and saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is available tomorrow on streaming. So, I mean, I picked... I chose poorly. Oh, God, is it yeah. really? So you got to watch it now. What's it playing on? Yep. Paramount? Fuck, all right. That'll be like, a, I mean, Paramount Plus is canceled at the end of this month. Well, so. there you go. It's, it's your final final. I'll eat that it's up. Your final final. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be the, the final piece of shit that I eat from <laughs> Paramount Plus. I think you might be surprised. <laughs> I found it to be rather enjoyable, as I said on our last episode. Give it a shot. Uh, Give it a shot with an open mind. Let's talk about trailers. Let's talk about the long-delayed, much-anticipated, at one point, Aquaman, The Lost mm-hmm. Kingdom, which oh. is the sequel, obviously, to the huge, highest-grossing film, the DC re-expansion universe that no longer exists. <laughs> I mean, so this is super confusing. But after all the goodwill that Momoa just got from me on Fast X... It doesn't have those other people in it, so it's I okay. I thought he was looked fun and goofy in this again. I thought, okay, maybe this is a little bit of Dante Shantae coming this- into Aquaman. 
Oh, come on. This is the most Marvel looking fucking DC movie that I've ever seen. It's, um, it looks like it's just trying to be fun. It looks like it's big, big action sequences. Um, grandiose special effects. I think this is going to do pretty well. Surprisingly. I thought this was going to be a complete dog shit and it doesn't really look that it bad. It doesn't look that bad. I thought, I thought it was curious that there's not a single shot of Amber Heard in this, uh, in, uh, isn't there, I think there's one, there one shot. shot? There's okay. a quick shot. I think there's a quick shot. I could be wrong, but I think there was when she, someone was trapped in something trying to, and she, I think she was hitting up against a window. Thing. Oh, you be might wrong. be right. I think you're it right. Super, it was a quick, it was a super cut. quick clip. Yeah, she's wearing like a black outfit. I think mm-hmm. her character. Yeah. Or something like uh, that. But interesting. They're showing it a lot of Nicole wrong, Kidman though. in this, who is clearly returning. And the storyline looks like it's about as perfunctory as possible. A buddy comedy team yeah. up with him and his brother, but doesn't this feels like an Iron Man two or an Iron Man three? Hopefully, a little bit funner than those, honestly. Uh, but that's what it feels like. That's the whole point of this, right? There's just a bad guy. Aquaman's there doing his thing. It feels like we don't know where to go, but we need to make another Aquaman movie. And it feels very Marvely. Like it feels, it's, it. There's no. Uh, um, it's not dark, right? By any means. No, not at all. Especially coming off of how dark black Adam was in a lot of ways, or most of the DC things have been in general, even the flash looked dark. I haven't seen that, but it looked more in line with the, the justice league would say tried to brighten up and, um, really couldn't. Um, but more so with like, you know, Batman versus Superman and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I'm intrigued though. I did like the first one. I think it'll do well. I think I, I will see this. And Momo is yeah, so like fun funny. on screen lately that I just, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing or what breakthrough he's made, but he seems now, so relaxed. W- why Why did this happen now, not with Conan? I know, what, right? And Conan's been on uh, Netflix lately, and it's trending, and you wonder... That's so fucking horrible, if he, man. If you haven't seen it lately, it's just it bad. It's so like, bad. Around. I wonder if he would have got the shot or the nod post-Aquaman if it had gone would have gone different, if he would have had the power. Do you remember when he was interviewed in 2011 when he was... Fairly uh, non-famous. I mean, he had done a couple things, Baywatch, uh-huh. Stargate, but he wasn't the star he is now. And he said he had written a sequel on set, and he was so excited to to do yes, all that. I, I want to that. know what that was. That charisma has of his has always been there because even even before that movie came out, and we saw that, I felt like, oh yeah, this movie's gonna be fucking good now, and it's just. God, it's, it's not. Terrible. Every time I watch it, I have to. I have to fast Ugh. forward fifteen minutes past young Conan bullshit. And he has the charisma. I still think he could be a good Conan right now. Yeah, I just think that that movie he was. Ha- I think he, he was uh, handicapped by a, a weak script and a terrible director. That was a project. If you remember, mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez was supposed to take over directing, but he was farming out yeah, yeah, King stuff Conan. all the time. Uh, Even just that, he was going to do Red Sonia. He was going to do Conan. Look, the I'll Barbarian. take Alan Richman as Conan at this point. If someone wants to make a Conan movie. Let's not a do bad it. idea, actually. Not a bad, not a bad call at all, my man. There are plenty of big, big dudes out there who have charisma that we can put in a fucking Conan. Movie. I mean, they were talking about Triple H years ago. Remember that? You just, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't think that would work very well at all. But I don't know. You need a, you need a good script at this point. Which there's so much Conan, dude. Look, I'm looking at fucking Conan comics right here. I mean, where's John Millius' hell, script? You know? Can somebody get that and just? I got the fat Conan the Hour of the Dragon shit right here. Look at this shit. I can just turn any page and it's fucking Beautiful. awesome, man. What the fuck? Can't make a Conan movie? Get the hell out of here. Yeah. There's so much Conan content. Come on. Yeah, I've, I've loved Conan and I wish they would have done it justice and I'm surprised 
that it was as bad as it was. It was one of the worst movies of that year. And I vi- revisited it way too many times because there are sequences I do like, but the mm-hmm. movie as a whole, it's fucking awful. It's so confused when it starts, just the description of the masks and being buried and well, Jesus. So he- it's- I mean, there was that movie and then wasn't Hercules like the, the opposite movie to that that came out, that the, the Rock Hercules? Well, yeah. Well, then you had Kellen Lutz's Hercules um, as well. And you, I mean, you had the Rock's Hercules <laughs> and you had all these. I mean, yeah. So there's a slew of, of bad, which I like the Rock Hercules, but it's not good. Like there was a slew of bad, like sword and oh, sand, or not even sword and sandals, but they're like sword and sorcery Even just movies, mediocre ones like they tried Clash it. of the Titans, mm. both of those and uh, yeah. the Immortals. I mean, all that kind of stuff. It was a, a whole bunch of those. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I like to see that stuff come back, but much better. I'm, I mean, they couldn't even... They had, they had to delete the fucking Willow series. Unbelievable. You know, so. All right, let's move on and talk about Thanksgiving, Eli Roth's horror film that's going to come out in time for the holiday. This started off, I believe, as a mock trailer in the Grindhouse production that Robert Rodriguez, once again, mm-hmm. collaborated on with Quentin Tarantino. That film itself has now produced three films because you have machete one and two which was parody trailers and now <laughs> you have right. and those are fun. i think machetes are underrated actually especially the second one is real fun usually yeah i like Mel gibson's a, a blast um, in the second one yeah but what do you think of this trailer because you're the horror aficionado and i want to know i'm gonna go yeah, see I this fun i think this looks like a fun slasher movie and i have not seen a just a straight up normal slasher movie like this in a long time obviously this is modern and it has a modern feel to it which uh, i don't know but they he does enough of like throwback stuff um in here that it just looks interesting and it looks again it just looks like a slasher movie how long has it been since you've seen a slash movie on the big screen a new yeah, one I, mean, I saw one of the scream been reboots not that long ago i think not this one but the one before i don't count those those are too big like the halloween movies or scream those are huge though this is just a slasher and not only that i like eli roth i think he's super talented after hostile 2 it really yeah. won me over i saw the green room which i thought was really fun in theaters i will go see this i mean this looks to me when the guy gets his face slammed against the freezer door that kind of that kind of oh, shit yeah, I love shit. that's the kind of 80s slasher stuff I want <laughs> stuck her to I mean it. Those, that's the kind of where and it's not even overly gory mm-hmm. it's your <clears throat> mind is doing a lot of the work 100% Oh, when they had the cheerleader bouncing yes. on trampoline, I'm like, oh, this feels like an '80s movie. This even is the low quality of the film stock, you know, that that grain that they added to it, it looked like uh-huh. so. Uh, in the theme, you know, of course, a holiday theme. If it's a Happy Fool's Day or April Fool's Day or Mother's yeah, Day April or Fool's all that Day, shit, you know, sure. it's kind of one of those things. Valentine, yeah, yeah Valentine, yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I think this looks decent enough. I don't know. It could be really great, even if it's not. It'll it'll at least deliver on the the basic slasher um, stuff. So I know horror is having a resurgence lately as well, but a lot of it's been very heavy. It's big, right? Horror, Smile, though. Barbarian. Those know. are, are it, high concept uh, horror films in a lot of ways, and it, they really this are. This is just a down and dirty <clears throat> slasher film. Yeah, I know. That's why this is a little bit different than uh, than what. Uh, I guess you can kind of blame Blumhouse, but not so much because their stuff isn't really highbrow anymore. But A24 has really kind of uh, brought that highbrow horror to it, which was kind of where Barbarian comes from, even though Barbarian really isn't. But it it plays itself as if it is. I don't know, and Smile as well uh, kind of does that. I think like It Follows. Did I didn't, but I always wanted to. I heard it was great. 
it's really good um but it's a lot like those like it's a, it's a highbrow horror movie you know even though it's it's still just straight regular horror and this doesn't feel like it has any of that right it's just a fucking guy running around killing people <laughs> i think it's gonna do good business because those were the kind of date movies that i used to go on when i was younger as a teenager this is mm-hmm. i mean roger ebert once famously said teenagers love watching teenagers get killed on screen it's true i don't know what that is but it was a big pastime in the 80s this looks right at home for the kind of movies i loved and uh i look forward to seeing this maybe even in a theater yeah Okay, what do we got next? Uh, Wonka. My goodness. We have another Willy Wonka film. Let me preface this by saying I hated the 2005 Johnny Depp film. I saw it one time in a theater. I almost walked out. I could not stand it. So my, oh my, was I surprised that I actually enjoyed this trailer, and I'm contemplating watching this movie. I didn't know where what angle they were coming from, but I thought this looked fun. Oh, yeah, yeah Harry absolutely Potter. Harry Potter. I mean, this is not what I thought this was going to be on any level. And I thought, okay, this has got a little something going on here. I take it from your reaction, you did not feel the mm. same. But I, I was interested. I think uh, Timothy Chalamet is terrible as Wonka. I think this is just nothing more than an offshoot of Harry Potter. It's not even Wonka. It's just Harry fucking Potter. And I've seen those Harry Potter offshoot movies, at least one of them, that Fantastic Beast shit. And that's what this is. It just looks the same fucking nonsense. There's nothing to this at all. There's no point in this movie existing other than to make another Wonka movie. It's soulless. Let's make a franchise of Wonka movies, right? Uh. (laughs) Probably, but it's still soulless. It's just... Who's behind this? I don't know. Harry Potter. Harry Potter's behind this. That's what the trailer tells you. Do you like Harry Potter? No. You'll love our Harry Potter-inspired yeah, Wonka. No. Which is surprising <laughs> why I thought this looked as good as it did, but um, for some reason, it just mm-hmm. I, the original Harry, Willy Wonka film scared the shit out of me for some reason. I don't know why. It always <laughs> freaked me out when I was a kid. I didn't really like it. It has a darkness to it. It really it. does, and, and Gene Wilder is, is creepy mm-hmm. when he gets mad at the end there. And I loved it, the, but yeah, it, it, it does have a darkness to it. The poor kid and his family. But it has it's a realism to it. This movie is fantastical. Again, this movie has no... It's not real. It doesn't take place in anything that you could ever you know belong well, neither to neither did it's, the it's tim burton version universe. with johnny depp i mean to be fair i agree but that's terrible for other at reasons. least the oompa loompa <laughs> hugh grant oompa loompa in this was amusing in the trailer as well so i thought this looked cute and um i don't know i'm not against this one i i thought i i understood the appeal I, you'll go. You'll go see this in a theater then, and report back uh, or, to us because I'm not or watching this. On HBO this. Max, six <laughs> weeks after it premieres, or <laughs> on HBO Max, whatever, whatever it may be. I'm not watching this, so you'll have to report. For, you'll have to do it. All right. Lastly, we're going to talk about the Marvels. This is the offshoot of Mrs. Marvel and the sequel to Captain Marvel, which is now, I believe, this is Phase Five or the ending of Phase Four. I'm getting lost in these Marvel continuums. Um, however, another sequel, and I, I have... Aren't we in Phase 4? I thought we were in Phase 5 Are we five in Phase already. 5? Okay, I'm still in Phase 4 myself. I'm still catching up. I, I'm still a few movies behind, but... Um, I don't know where we... I don't... As a trailer, I was lost from the jump on this thing. I don't know what the fuck is happening here, and I guess that <laughs> happens if you miss a bunch of episodes of something, but my, I got to do homework to figure out who this yeah, young girl was, is, what this is happening. There's a TV show. I don't know if you have to Apparently watch it. Apparently you do, because I didn't know who these do. people are. 
I mean, I hmm. I just assumed I knew who they were and went along with it for every all the trailers I've ever seen of this. Well, I know. Okay, you're right. To some degree, you're right. I did see. Um, so the Monica Rambo character, I because I, I did watch Wanda. So did I. Vision. Okay, well that's she's in, well, that, she's right. in that. The young girl though. Um. Uh, yeah. So I don't know who I don't, but she comes from that the show Miss Marvel, as you pointed out earlier because i couldn't figure out which fucking marvel whatever show it was but miss marvel on disney plus is where i guess she's from but i don't i just assumed i knew her and it was fine i don't you don't have to know who Did she they is. even show a just villain it. in just this like an actual villain i can't even recall if i saw a villain oh who somebody with um, the, like, a, like a bracelet of some sort right was coupling yes, on there's or, um it just became a blur of motion and, uh, and just idiocracy Safe to say, I'm not. I don't now. I don't remember. I mean, I didn't watch this. I didn't refresh myself on this. I've seen several trailers for this, um, and I don't remember. I, you know, I remember they get their powers entangled. Yeah, and they can't, great. If they use them, then they yeah, switch and places. And, all that shit. and then and, intergalactic is used because it's appealing yeah, to our generation. It's just get out of here with this shit. <laughs> I, I'm so done yeah. with it. Are you not done with it at this point? Does this look appealing to you? You know, I was okay with I'm, I'm okay, I was okay with it when they did this in Star Trek Three, um, and and I'm not talking about the search You're for Spock about Beyond. Yeah, <laughs> and that was seven eight years ago now too. And I was I was okay with it then, but people had this the complaint about it then as well, and I was I understood it. I was like, yeah, I get it, but I I liked that movie, so I was okay with it. I'm sure if you like this movie, you're going to be okay with it, but. I do agree with you. I'm tired with the song choices that we are using now, especially in trailers. Um, yeah, it's bad, you know. I, I it's just a, a redo of older stuff. I I don't need the the member berries dangled in front of me to go see a fucking movie. And I get that Captain Marvel took place in the '90s, so it would make sense that this is in that era so they can justify it by that but even just getting to the visuals and is it but it's not i thought the first one took place in the 90s sure but this movie isn't Um, right it it almost can't because it has monica rambeau oh you're right yeah they're they're in the present time doing all that shit so this is like modern more modern um i'm not sure this almost has to be in there in the marvel timeline now right almost yeah really has to be, because how else are they going to move forward then? I didn't think anything was amusing in this trailer. Nothing caught my eye, and the villain was the same old, you're going to pay for what you've done, I'll get my revenge bullshit that I've heard on 33 other movies at this point. Uh, well, they're moving it around. They don't know what to do with it. It's tested poorly. It, doesn't, it looks looks poor. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look good. So it's just, yeah. I, I'm very surprised the first one did for, as well as it did. The, well, the first one was riding a wave that helped it out quite a bit but as far as like aquaman goes like it looks to have the same amount of substance as far as like a moving the story plot and, and everything along but aquaman just looks like fun and this doesn't look like fun it has a lead actor who's invested himself into being a fucking clown it looks like they've had a far benefit where everyone's too cool <laughs> for school in this trailer i mean every, seriously yeah that's one that's what that's a big uh um argument over really just how Brie Larson acts in action movies even in the Fast and Furious movies she acted like she was just the baddest person in the she acts like she's above the material so it takes me right out of it it's like you're not that cool 
Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this one, and uh, it doesn't surprise me that it's tested poorly because what I've seen of the trailer is well, I'm not going to watch it. So poor. <laughs> not looking forward to it. I'm not yeah. going to watch well, it. Well, I'm sure I will on Disney Plus. If it's streaming, I, it's hard to say no. I, do you have any? In, do, no. Will you it's not n- watch Elemental? Not for me. Really? No. You won't give it a shot? Yeah, I'm not watching Elemental. No. It's free. It's for me. I haven't seen any of the. I have not watched any of the Star Wars stuff. Uh, I haven't seen the third season of Mandalorian. I haven't seen, you know, Andor, even though people say it's good. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm done. I'm only going to watch things that I know I'm going to want to watch. You know, I'm not going to watch things people, oh, it's good because people say it's good and I watch it. I'm like, ugh. You know, I don't even make it through shit half the time anymore. I'm not doing it. Not only that, if you watch it, they're going to keep making it. (laughs) That's kind of the idea, right? No. No, I'm not watching any of this any of this kind of stuff that I think that just no, I don't want to see any more of it. I'm not going to watch it. Well, you got to watch The Flash. Period. I, like, I want to know your your thoughts and opinions on that because uh, that disaster needs to be seen. I don't even know that I need by, to watch by it. as many people as possible. I don't think there's a point to it. I'd watch Aquaman too. I don't have a problem with that, but The Flash just looks terrible, and I'm, I've already read about it and I've seen plenty of plenty of it. I don't. Like, what's the reason to watch it? I don't know. They need to do better with movies, just period. You know, I I need to have a better reason to watch things because it gets to the point where I'm missing out on Fast and Furious movies because I don't trust everything else. I don't know why I should just watch the Fast and Furious movies because I really don't, even when I cool on the Fast and Furious movies, it's not like I hate them. So... I should just it's watch It's a hell those. of a commitment, though. A two and a half hour uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious movie when you don't know what you're getting walking in. It's a bit much. It's, it's the 10th fucking one. Like, I, this is the thing that has to stop, right? Can we make a, a, a new thing? You know, can I get Pitch Black 8 at this point? Come on. I'm... Yeah, you will. I mean, I think he is going to do another Pitch Black movie. So. Will I? Can I get Triple X 5? <laughs> I think we're good on the Triple X movies at this point. I, I don't know. Was, I think we got some catching up to do. We have Fast and Furious 10. We got some catching up to do on those other franchises. The fact that Dwayne Johnson wants to jump back in just goes to show you he's he a little scared about his career right now as well. Especially, I don't Or how much bullshit all that other stuff was. It could was. have been some WWF type shenanigans like we always suspected as well. Just so that the big comeback could be heralded and they could... I mean, his career is not great either. They can't choose... These people... Stars can't choose movies. That's for damn sure. Well, he has Jumanji, which can be exploited for another couple of movies before that runs out of steam. But Kevin Hart uh, is having his own troubles as well. Yeah. I mean, unless you get lucky with... The, yeah, that's true. Uh, unless you get uh, lucky with stuff at this point, um, it feels like there's not there's not a lot out there that the studios are even willing to make um, unless it plays into their what they think is safe, you know? Which is going to be like Marvel type stuff. Like Jumanji is basically. Watch the first Jumanji movie. Okay, though these aren't Jumanji. No, they're action comedies. You know, people they don't make movies like they used to make them. Obviously, they make very particular, stylized, perfected movies, and they either catch on or they don't. Mostly because they're either fun or they're not. Um, I don't know. Like Oppenheimer is the only thing I can think of for a while that would be. Something that's unique. Yeah, it's an adult drama that made a billion dollars. I mean, how does that mm-hmm. happen? What happens by allowing someone to do something, right? Which they don't do anymore. They have no trust in anyone other than themselves. And so you don't get anything. I, I would 
Try, you know, I'd like to see Robert Rodriguez make something uh, original. Makes just go out and make a movie, bro, like he used to do. Well, if Rodriguez, you know? if we're talking about, let's make him, something interesting. Let's make something pull out him of nothing back from the technology, from the this going gaga over the blue screens in your own studio and the, the <laughs> battlefield, yeah. the Alita stuff and all that. And let's get back to the down and dirty basics because that's where I think where he excels is just getting a, a shot in a real environment agree, yeah. with a few people. Let's make something out of nothing. Let's let's limit our budget. Um, and let's see what we can do. You know, the, the new, um, you know, faux star Wars Netflix thing is only like an $80 million budget on that thing. And it looks like it's a $200 million movie. So I, I fail to see why we need to spend so much money. Let's, let's force ourselves to make some decisions here that are artistic, uh, rather than, just the no limits. All right, my last question for the night for you here, Barbie. Over under on the sequels, five. Over under. Well, are you asking me if there's going to be five Barbie I'm talk- sequels, I'm including spinoffs? <laughs> um. Oh, I think under five. I, there won't be very well. I don't think there would be much more than three Barbie movies. I say three Barbie movies and two spin-off movies. I think we get five. Oh, I don't I don't I'm well what do you count as a spin-off movie? Are we talking theatrical oh, yeah. or not? Oh yeah. Oh, there's no way then. I don't think we get five. Because uh, I think those die. Um especially by the third one. I think it'll be obvious that that's a dead deal. I think when they try to I'm going to laugh my ass off if they try to expand that universe and do the other um, Mattel shit and stuff that they have because that'll be an instant flop. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it don't go beyond three. There's no way. I think... Uh, Unless at the same time they, they greenlight a, a I bunch of I think we get a, a second one and a spinoff Maybe. before the third one even comes out. What would be the spinoff? I haven't seen the movie, but I'm sure there's characters they can spin off all over the place. Yeah, I... Well, there's just Barbies. Yeah. <laughs> what would be the spinoff? I mean, I'm sure people are pitching all sorts of crazy ideas to David Zaslav, the head of Warner Brothers right now, uh, for sequels, because this is just making so well, much money for them. Know. You know they're going to... I think they'll make a sequel that will do fairly decently, and then they'll do a third one that will do less decent, and then they'll be done. Three and out, which is typically the... the if they actually, if they even get that far, because I don't know how many ideas you have that you'd be confident enough to make that many bargains. Oh, the movies. budget on the next one, just to get the talent back alone, if they haven't signed into multiple deals. I don't think they bring the talent back. I think they would make a different. Um, and what would they do? What the fuck Who else ha- is there I to fuck. do? It's how done. could they have that done anything at all from from beginning to end? But it's a complete thought that Barbie movie. It's done. Like I don't. What would go on past that? She has a little Barbie. She has a barbette. <laughs> I mean, it makes no. I don't even know what you would do. You know, but you could make sequels in some sense of of like other characters. Barbie I in guess. space or a different Barbie. Yeah, Barbie in space. I'd watch that one. Um. Yeah, you know, Rambo Barbie. I don't know. Yeah, Battleship Barbie. Transformers. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. Transformers and G.I. Joe meet Barbie. <laughs> I watch that shit. Also, yeah. it's a crazy shit we can do. I mean, after Gran Turismo uh, really tanked here at the box office, I'm surprised. Uh, I thought that would do better. You know what it did as well? It did as well as Need Which for Speed. Which is strange. Speed, so. on a, but want? even on an international level, Need for Speed did better. 
And I didn't hate Need for Speed. I actually thought that was kind of underrated. <laughs> they're they're okay. I'm, I haven't seen Grand Turismo yet, but it, it also looks okay. Yeah, not great. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up tonight's show. We want to thank you guys for joining us for episode 389. Hello to everyone out there listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're getting these podcasts. We always want to thank you guys for continuing to listen to us and rate and review the show if you get a chance. It always helps spreading the word and getting out to as many people as possible. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! <laughs>